friends, welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we take the movies we love, break them apart, and movies we've seen, just movies we've seen, uh, <laughs> to find out what gives them their magic, evil magic, a unity bumper sticker magic, time will tell. Welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my friend, co-host, and cowardly priest, in this case, definitely not Alex Dandino. How dare you? All right, uh, guys. <laughs> if you haven't figured it out today, we're talking about the newly released Exorcist Believer. Like every horror movie released by David Gordon Green, just a grand slam with audiences. No hiccups in the road. We're excited to dive into it. Before we do, a little bit of business. Everyone. This month, you know the deal, the October Mega Marathon. We hope you've been enjoying yourself so far. This should be the 16th episode you've gotten from us so far in October. If you made it this far, you probably want all 31. That means you got to go to patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod to get those three episodes that complete the Mega Marathon. Please, please, please go over there. Our patrons selected Shadow of the Vampire and Silver Bullet. It's been a really good time. Also, a Lords of Salem feature-length commentary. So it's been really fun over on Patreon. It helps us grow the show. It helps us be able to continue to do things like the October Mega Marathon that hopefully you're all loving. So please go to patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod and help support what we're doing over there. Please and thank you. The email, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. The YouTube, you can subscribe over there, Film Alchemist. We're on all the social media you're on. So give us follows. Make sure you're sharing everything, especially this month. Make sure you give us five-star ratings and reviews on all your little podcast apps Please. where you listen to the show. That helps us defeat the algorithmic uh, oppression, the gods, the oppressions. Helps us exercise those goddamn algorithms. Keep going. And if you guys would be so kind this month, something we're asking of our, our fans and listeners this month. This is the perfect time to find a horror movie loving friend. Maybe today. Maybe tomorrow. But one of these episodes, send it to a person who loves that horror movie. Send it to a person who's watching a bunch of horror movies. Everyone's doing these fucking I need to watch 100 horror movies in a month. Send them some of the Texas Chainsaw, some of the Fantasms, right? Send them the episodes over. And your friends will thank you once they get the episodes. They'll fucking love it so much. It'll be like you gave them the delicious trick and treat early in the month. So, yeah, direct contact, guys. Text, messages. Slide into everyone's DMs, not creepily. Just slide in and be like, hey, man, I got two beefcakes for you. Drop us right in there. Then we will be deployed, and it'll be great. That's fine. That's enough for the, the business section of the pod. All right. I felt that analogy going awry. And unlike the team who created Exorcist Believer, I pulled it back. I pulled it back. All right. So we went to the theater to see Exorcist Believer. We have done all of the Exorcist movies previous to this in our last October Mega Marathon. So please go back and check those out. I always think it's fun to do whole franchises. To say I was excited for this movie would be an understatement. Uh, I will go on record. I know I kind of made a joke about David Gordon Green at the top. I actually love David Gordon Green, man. I think he's a very talented filmmaker, right? Absolutely. Some, of his, Especially some of his TV comedy work is among the greatest I've ever seen. He's made some movies I really like. I didn't really dislike what he was doing with Halloween 
right? Like, I thought Halloween was a fun trilogy uh, that they put out. So I wasn't on a, oh, David Gordon Green's doing it. The Exorcist Believer's going to suck. Another fun fact is my mom uh, told me one of the writers of the movie, Peter Sattler, his mom was one of my fourth grade teachers. So that's cool. Represent. Glad he got a paycheck. That's good. Um, Good. Good job. I found out that Linda Blair was still alive. That was cool. Hey, you know, I appreciated fun, that in the theater. Fun things. Um, that was actually really nice for me. I actually teared up in the theater because I thought she had passed away, and when I saw she was still like alive, that made me very happy. That the cast was great. Loved the cast in this movie, dude. You can't just say all the things you loved at this movie at the top so that you can spend the rest. That's of exactly it. what I'm I know doing. what you're doing. You need That's to save exactly what I'm you doing. need to save some stuff, just so you know. You're saying I need to do the compliment sandwich. I need to save something. Yeah, you back. need to compliment sandwich this pod because if you do this now, yeah. it's, we're gonna it's going to be 20 minutes of us just look. Hey, one of our fr- one of our patrons on the Discord, who I believe's real name is David Films or Ghosts, mm-hmm. he said he was a huge lover of this. I movie. agree. He's one of the few. I'll people. try to save a compliment back. That's about the nice. Things I can say. There's a couple more. I'll say. I'll in, sprinkle yeah, them in. Sprinkle them right? in here. In the like a flasher in a mall. I know when to drop the dog. Let's put it this way. I this to tell movie you to stop. is a fucking train wreck. Like this movie is bad in so many ways that are kind of almost impossible to believe. Right? I thought we'd just start the conversation here. True. Just as a whole, right? This was a, a big deal that uh, Blumhouse, Universal, whoever the fuck, however the machinations of this went, they spent $400 million mm-hmm. to get the rights to The Exorcist, right? This was the first of a planned trilogy. It is being so horrendously received that it looks like they're going to oust the entire creative team and just kind of start again with the next one. Fine. Does The Exorcist still work in 2023? It was kind of my first thought, right? Like, my uncle, I told this story on the the last series we did on this. He said in the theater, when it was still kind of a, a white Christian nation, when he saw this live in the theaters. And I think we forget about some of the hokey stuff at the start of The Exorcist, right? That because she was a single mom and partied in an actress, she was inviting sin. A lot of us forget about the Ouija board and Captain Howdy, which is kind of one of those dumb things that just, like, Existed in the 70s, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that was a, a nation that was still afraid of this stuff. They were still primed and charged. And it was one of those things that we all thought, oh, fuck, that's real. And I, we were kind of raised that way, religious, right? So mm-hmm. you're like, there yep. is an affecting. And the filmmaking is so fucking lean and mean and great. This one, I just was watching it today. And I was like, I think maybe we've gotten to a point as a society that religion's just too stupid for us to still be scared of. The thing that's scary about religion now is like frailty, what people will do in the name of religion. But the idea of this like overarching ghost story maybe just isn't that effective anymore. I don't think that's true, but there's a reason why. Um, for vast portions of the population, you're probably right. My, my mother's very religious. You know, Donna, you know, Donna Dandino. My sat, mother too, yeah. Sat with us and watched Society, yet you know, refuses to watch The Exorcist because she thinks it's evil. And that's fine. Yeah. 
St. Paul had that in his book, or St. Peter. He's like, Donna, what? So what is this? Shunting Donna? My mom was my mom's very affected by stuff like this because she's Yeah. Because look, my mom is not dumb. She spends a lot of time praying though, and I think it's because it helps her a lot. And that to me is like that's that's the value of like what actual religion is. Now, institutionalized religion is a completely different thing. And that's really Yeah, what... I should put a pause. I kind of came out gutting and said, if you like religion, you're an absolute idiot. That's not a lot of people in my life, my yeah. wife, are very religious. I don't I don't I was talking about in the context of horror yeah. boogeymen now. So go ahead, continue. I don't your think point. there's a yeah, I think like in the context of the real world, I don't in real world, I don't think there's a problem praying to God, like if that makes you feel good, if that helps you get through the day. Yeah. Like who gives a shit? Live your life, man. If religion helps you in life and you don't weaponize it to be a piece of shit to others. That's off. Yeah. Go for it, man. Do I, your thing. I think what's interesting about because I thought about this a lot, because this this is this movie pretty much ignores any other exorcist movie besides the first one. So the problem is is from that regard, you can't very Texas chainsaw of them. <laughs> and in the same way the Texas Chainsaw movie does, you then in that case cannot compare it to the other sequels. You have to compare it to the original, which is pretty difficult. Like much like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Exorcist is a very standalone film in that William Friedkin was a documentary filmmaker and made a movie about a possession. But not only that, the most important thing and the critical error that I think this movie makes when it comes to thematic work is at the end of the day, the two things that are most important about The Exorcist are the movie is either the movie has to be about a crisis of faith for one because faith is so hard in this modern world particularly you can't like seeing without believe be, believing without seeing is next to impossible i think so when people pray and it makes them feel good and it feels like it brings them solace i envy that i really do like that's something that's really powerful in this world so Crisis of Faith, yeah. like it was with Father Karras in the first one, that's a really important part of making a great exercise. Damn me, damn me, why you are no believe? You're on a Twitter all a day, you have no faith. And then the second thing is, and this is the thing that's actually terrifying to me about the Exorcist movies. And this is the thing that actually this movie does better, or this movie, not better, sorry, Jesus Christ. This movie does yeah. well. I was like, was not prepared for that hot take this morning. <laughs> this is the thing that this movie does well, as well as the first one, if not a little, I mean, obviously a little bit. What does this movie do better? Has computers. That's it. Yeah. That's it is literally. in 2023. Those, no. yeah. um, <laughs> Has modern technology this movie, behind it. At least un David Gordon Green at least understands what the actual terror of the first one is, which isn't like about possession. It's about the helplessness you feel as a parent watching something yes. happen to your child. So Heath and I talk about this a lot, my filmmaking partner, right? And he has gone through a medical, you know, issue over the last years that, I mean, when you're suffering with a chronic medical illness, right? Like I'm diabetic. And so every now and again, my day in life just shut down because my body's failing me, right? It's like this looming specter and it sucks. You get mad, you get depressed when your blood sugar has a really bad moment. It's like now I'm just hung over for the rest of the day. So my great productive day is gone. Right. I get it. The, the looming terror of that one is, yeah, when when modern society fails you and there are no answers, right? The body horror of that yeah. is really powerful. The helplessness of a, a single mom is very powerful yeah. in that. So to that. 
This this one tries to play on that lane. They do some work on it, and I think that mostly unsuccessfully. But I think that bit where they're lost in the woods, yeah, and you see the when you see Leslie Odom Jr., who is fucking he's amazing, so good. Movie. He is the best he part of this great. movie. I'm going to put that yeah, on the front he's, street. He's wonderful. He is the best part of this movie. That honestly, is it. I thought the the two girls who were possessed were fucking they were fine. awesome too. Like the cast is not the problem, right? But when him and the parents and they're like. Well, we go to church. We're good people. It must be his daughter. He's like, hey, man, can we just fucking find our kid? And watching him, that scene when he's like whipping through traffic, almost causing an accident, because this is what I have in this world. I I totally was in sync. And it's the weird thing in the movie, right? For like the first 20, 30 minutes, right? That bit up until like the hospital and then the possession shit starts. I was like kind of leaning over to my brother and we were both like, I don't know why everyone's shitting on this. This is pretty good. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, we just we were like five minutes too early. Like now we see, but the opening act is mostly compelling, right? I I think the the issue is right. We'll get to the the cold open in a bit, but mm-hmm. the issue this movie has to me, right? It's a very David Gordon Green horror issue specifically. Like in Halloween, I think he made a gam a gamble, right? And we talked about this before with some of the comic book stuff. When Alan Moore made, he just wrote a great comic book story, right? Watchmen. But what it did was it was good, but it was also this biting commentary on the medium. And so then Dark Knight comes out. So then every writer gets their first chance to write a comic book character. Like, you know what I'm going to do? Take the piss out of it. And it's like, we all know that Batman is not a good guy, right? That Batman, instead of buying a third fucking fighter jet or a costume with like, you know, machine gun nipples. He should just be setting up trust funds for every orphan in town, right? He should be fully funding public education, clean energy. No one should no one should be poor enough that they go work for the Riddler in green spandex, right? Right. We all understand that. That is not a fun Batman book to read, right? Batman is an allegory. And if you start ripping that out, you're like, I'm smart and I see where Batman's flawed. Cool. We all know that shit. We all know that having a Robin fight beside you is not what a good guy would do. Right. But it allows us some, you know, fun when we're reading. So this this I'm going to deconstruct everything. And I think in Halloween there was some of that to lesser or better effect. In this one, I think the movie makes a fucking critical error, which is I'm going to rip the gut. It's, it's like believing in the physics of Spider-Man while you're standing in actual real New York. And you're like, that doesn't work. When you rip the guts out of the exorcist by taking out the fucking exorcist. Yes, probably a critical problem. You have to have a a better reason. And I liked where they were going. That in today's world, we're so overwhelmed. There's no faith anymore between humans, right? If you don't believe each other on one thing politically, they're the enemy, destroy them. In our social media feeds, we have access to every fucking terrible tragedy, every bit of misinformation. Like, we're so inundated by horrible things, right? Cool. Take all that. The idea of pulling the exorcist out, pulling the god and the devil out, these kind of ancient, silly boogeyman story, right? Pulling them out and saying, hey, sometimes the world is getting the best of us. And watching that happen through our kids, that the, the world has overwhelmed our children and we have to come together and save them. So it becomes the power of the, the faith in the human spirit, the faith in my brother as my keeper, right? And battling inner demons and in human nature that way. 
interesting enough idea. And the movie kind of sets that up and then immediately fucks it up by just saying, now your religion's turn. Now your religion's turn. And it just, it's it's, so fucking bad. Because I thought there was a movie, there was a moment in the movie I was like, I'm going to walk out of this fucking theater. Right? And so they're doing their different religious turns, right? Again, we'll get to all of this a little more. But this scene, I was like, this is like a microcosm of what's wrong with the movie. Is that they're doing their, like, everyone take a turn. Some of them are kind of working. Some of them are not working. When the Catholic priest, it's like Stone Cold's music hits. And he walks in. He's like, I got. And they're all like, yay, a real exorcist. And he walks in and he starts. And it looks like it's working. I was like, if the exorcist Stone Cold's his way into this Royal Rumble and tosses the demons over the top rope immediately, I'm leaving this theater. It's fair. But then... They just do the one thing they do with their possession powers the whole movie, which is immediately kill him for touching the demon, which is, you know, not what you're supposed to do, which he tells them not to do and then immediately does. And he gets his neck broken. And I was like, oh, actually, that's bad, too. Like, there's just no way to land that beat that was going to be good. And I was like, this is the problem they set up in the entire film. There's just there's there's, it's almost every choice they make. You're like, they're setting up. Uh, Hakui Mara or whatever from Star Trek. It's a literal unwinnable situation. And by the like 20th time we do that, you're like, I'm pretty uninterested in this movie. You know, I think that that's a really nice time to, I I'd actually, and I can tell you, and I didn't tell you this that night. I did walk out of this movie. I walked out. This is the first movie. Walked I've, out? First movie I've ever walked out of. I walked out. I didn't see, uh. Linda Blair's return. I, I didn't see Linda Blair's return because I was so done after the exorcism. I'm like, I fucking, this is stupid. I was just like, I'm not. I don't have five more minutes. I'm like, yeah. whatever the wraparound is for this fucking movie, I'm sure it has to do with Linda Burst or with uh, Ellen Burstyn. I'm sure it's fine. I'm going to leave. Like, I'm just like, I cannot stay any longer. This is dumb. Like, I cannot do any more of this movie because, yeah, I was, I, I agree. Like, that is like this, like, you go, now you go, now you go. I'm like, what? the fuck is going on this isn't the justice league like why are we doing this it was such a waste of time and like not only that also it, well okay we, we got to break down the exorcism a little more beat by beat in a minute let's just put this out here uh i don't know if you agree easily the most boring exorcism of all time I, I couldn't have been less enthused. I was like, the exorcist started like a genre, right? But you compare this, even the Pope's exorcist this year mm-hmm. was more interesting exorcism wise than this movie. How about like you compare this to a movie that clearly they were taking some inspiration from exorcism of Emily Rose. Yeah. Watch that exorcism possession awesome. scene again, and then stack it up with anything in this movie. It's it's so bored. They literally just take two girls and tie them to chairs. I was literally, I was actually, I was just settled into my chair. I, I nuzzled in. I was like, maybe I'll take a nap and wait for this to be over. Like, I was so bored watching this. That, the biggest like, problem is, like, after the act one, this movie is so predictable and fucking boring. Yeah, I just, I don't care. It's so, like It just, it has no teeth. I just immediately stopped. Like, it's not even, like, there's so many... Yes, there's a lot of this like undercurrent of what religion does for people. And then Leslie Odom Jr. does that thing. Again, Leslie Odom Jr. is doing such a great amount of work trying to yeah. like, get this, get the dialogue he's saying out in a way that sounds meaningful. But I'm like, dude, 
like when he is confronted by the nurse when she hands over uh, Chris McNeil's book, that scene where he like, he gives that straw man argument. Everybody gives religion. Uh, everybody um, yeah. gives religion when uh, they're having a bad day, which is like, why does God let bad things happen? And I'm like, are we really doing this conversation in this movie? Hold on. This is important, though. Because I think the actress that really personifies this and struggles a lot in the movie is Ann Dowds, who's a really She's good amazing. actress. amazing. I but love But she has Ann to Dowd. talk in religious horseshit. Yes. There, there's a moment she that you might not have seen at the end of the movie. The worst she is in being interrogated by the cops, right? Mm -hmm. Because they come in and they're like, there's a dead girl and a dead priest. I know, I saw that part. Some of you or a bunch of you, you go into jail. And she just goes... Maybe that's what God wants us to take from this is just to enjoy the scraps he leaves of tragedy. Here, here's the problem. When Leslie Odom Jr. says that, he's like, why does God allow this to happen, right? Yeah. Here's a question you have to ask me. Why the fuck would he have faith in God, right? It, there's this thing that when I was a young person in the church, it always drove me nuts, is that people would always tell the story of Job. And it's like, here's a guy who's just leading a good God-fearing life. Mm -hmm. Like, he's just a great man with a family, whatever. He's a farmer. And then the devil's like, I bet he don't really love you. And so God's like, yeah, let me fuck his whole shit up. Yeah. Let me fucking torture him and kill his family and blind him and whatever. And then at the end, he's just like, why? And God's like, cool, you're back. And then, like, re-gives him another good life. And everyone in, the, in my church was like, see? And I was like, no, literally no. Like, in this movie... Leslie Odom Jr. is not doing anything nefarious at the start. He's just a photographer in Haiti, He's right? He's a Him photographer in Haiti. She's expecting a baby. There's this kind of weird... <laughs> there's like a weird choice that I don't know that like gets enough discussion. I don't know that we're the guys to discuss it. I do think it's weird that she gets a blessing from these ladies in Haiti, right? Like with a purple scarf, immediately gets murdered by a hotel. And then later, the scarf seemingly pulls his daughter back. So we are saying that their ritual did have magical implications. Look, there's but a lot what? of... Because it was not white Christian? It was like... Anyways, neither here nor there. There's a lot of quinky dink talk in this movie. A, a hotel gets dropped on his fucking wife. Mm -hmm. And then later, because his daughter wants to talk to her mom again. I thought that was a pretty good motivation to start Absolutely. Movies, right? Totally fine. He is sitting there watching his daughter be consumed, mm -hmm. fucking consumed. The shots of Leslie Odom Jr. watching his kid and just being like, that's not my child. Very effective horror movie stuff. Mm -hmm. But the movie keeps telling us and other characters keep telling him, you've got to actually have faith and believe. Why? Why is that something that as a movie audience we go, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I, it's like watching a movie. Like let's say we're let's say we're going to the theater and we're gonna watch John Wick, well, right? And those Russians kill his dog, butt fuck his dog, shove his butt fuck dog up his butt, then butt fuck him, right? Then just fucking completely glaze him to the floor like it's a a scene out of the fly, right? Then dig his wife up and fuck whatever's left to her, and then at the end we're saying, you know what, John part. Wick. I wish you would turn the other cheek. Like, what the fuck kind of storytelling is that? I think that? what's... This is, to me, the Leslie Odom Jr. character. Like, his character is has to be um, dichotomous to the white girl's character. 
or her parents who are like Pentecostals, I think, like whatever that. Right. They're like evangelical yeah, types. They're like super religious folks who. Um, yeah, I don't know if they settled on a denomination, but, but that counterpoint is I think that's the problem this is the counterpoint is not appropriate. Like you should have like two kids from parents like if they're religious, that's fine. But they're not, they can't be that religious where like the dad is a shell of a man who's like, we brought this upon ourselves. We sent him like, fuck off, dude. Actually, I feel like that's exact. But see, this is the thing. No, the movie sets up go, that interesting. You can't bit. go that extreme. You have got to bring. You can't have one family saying that the whole right. time and the other family saying the other time. Well, I think what it is is what I think what they were trying for, if I'm being generous, is that all of these people have this extreme belief except for him. Right. Right. At the end, what he believes in is the 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 continued human spirit. Right. That. Sure. Your mom uh, died, but you lived. She would have been proud of you. She would have loved you. Um, I see her in you. That human spirit shit. What he needs to do at the end is believe in his daughter, not some fucking stupid God that has tortured his entire family. Right. It's it's the biggest flaw in religious storytelling. And it again, in the real world, that's a complicated bag to untangle. In cinematic storytelling, it's really easy. Yeah. If your good guy, your ultimate good guy, is really the bad guy, we don't want to root for him, right? Like, you don't watch Hot Fuzz, and at the end, you're like, actually, I want Timothy Dalton to win and kill everyone and be a cult. This is the problem. So what you want is Leslie Odom Jr. stacked up against all of these other religious extremists mm-hmm. to just believe in humanity. Yeah, of course. I get but the that. problem is, is that they constantly are showing us that the God shit, the religious shit is real. That scarf has a real effect. The exorcist, uh, the, the, the Catholic exorcist definitely moves the needle. We see all kind, whatever religion uh, was represented, the amalgam of religions that uh, the former oncologist was doing, we see a magical cloud battle. That's real supernatural effect from religious right. bullshit, right? So what they're telling us is that as, as you set up this interesting stop believing in the churches and just believe in each other, be gods in heaven to each other, mm-hmm. that it actually is God still, right? It's just this huge fucking pro- – and they never said – it's like, so wait, all of them have different beliefs and this and that? Right. I think that's but the like, problem is – it all still works? Like it, So then it's like a heaven Avengers? That was essentially like <laughs> – that's why the exorcist works because there's only Catholicism involved. There's, there's Catholic, Catholic right. approach. You are looking at a Catholic – it's a Parable. Catholic right. So you that ceremony. that gives you the diorama in right. which you set your play. If you have that all these religions, sense. which is fine, but if you have all these people, that means that we all believe that there's one demon, but that means the demons only come from one place. And I'm like, guys, we are very off the rails. Well, right. Here. It's like does like a Hindu mystic show up and he's like, Oh, this isn't my department. Yeah. I don't know. I can't help them. That's not our guys. Do, it's like what it, there's just like I understand what he was doing, but the unity bumper sticker thing—it just doesn't work. Like it just—it doesn't work in this in this context, right? And then you're like, yeah, what about the other religions that aren't represented? I got it. It's like, are we really just gonna line up? Like it's the Larry David, like everyone wants to open a pickle jar analogy. I gotta say, to see whose religion actually can beat the demons. I gotta say, there's there's another part of this too that was like, <laughs> so the um, I'm not sure what uh. Uh, uh, Doctor Beehive, the 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 woman uh, with the who had the cloud fight. 
Yeah, my my friend, uh, who is actually a doctor, he's like, oh, she for sure killed some patients and lost her medical practice. Right. Okay. So, because <laughs> I, I mean, she was played nice, but I was like, there's no way you're saving more souls is whatever the fuck you're doing now versus an so oncology doctor. Here's the thing. This is like, this is like, this is another thing about this movie that I was like, this feels very awkward, like in a lot of respects. So the mm. way we're introduced to this woman is because the white neighbor breaks into Leslie Odom Jr.'s house. He's like, who the fuck's in my house? Opens the door to his daughter's room, and they're in there performing a ritual. And the white his guy's like, missing, possibly dead daughter in his. The mind. white guy's like, "Oh, sorry, they they help a lot." And I'm like, "Dude, how presumptuous could you possibly be to yeah. not only break into a guy's house, but then bring in bring like, what's the matter with you?" Like, Here's my neighbor who occasionally I do Orange Theory classes with. Yeah, I better break into his house, leave the front door open, and start doing rituals like, of a religion he's not a member it's of. Just in so, his worst moment, it's so beyond logic. And so I thought about that in the Dude, theater. You are, you are one of the best friends I'll ever have in this universe. If you did that to me, oh, I would yeah. fucking snap. If your I found you home. I would fucking fight you to the if death. If I found in that you moment. here in my house, my child missing, and you were doing something in my house, trying to like bring them back, I'd be like, dude, I'll fucking kill you. Like pot over, you're yeah. dead. Like we're we're fighting immediately. Yeah. I, like I'm just coming in and I'm trying to remember every move from Bloodsport, and it's on. Absolutely. Like, like it's just on without a doubt. Like this is not the time to be put. But see, this is. But see, Leslie Odom Jr. being this this pillar that must withstand the forces of simpletons who are just pushing religious what dogmas I'm, on him. What I'm getting that at that could have worked. It could have. What I'm getting at though is like instead of it being this random, let's just quote whatever voodoo voodoo doctor there is, or what I'm not sure what the religion is to be honest with you. Shouldn't it have just been the person who gave his wife the blessing? Like that would have been way okay. Way I thought that too. That would have been way more. Metal. Here's the other thing: it's a pretty ballsy move to put that character in the movie, mm -hmm. and then push them to the side at the end and be like, so. "Their stuff doesn't work." And I was like, "That's a bad look, dude." Dude, there's a lot of those. That's a pretty bad look. How's about? I mean, there's a lot. Because that's the thing. You could say, "Did she work the most?" Yes, because of the cloud. Yeah. I, look, but I was like, I'm not saying that they're I'm not saying that like the movie takes place in Georgia. There's some unavoidable implications there. Why do the white parents have to live in a plantation house? Why is that like, what's the deal there? I used to live in Florida and that's a very popular style of house. I'm sure I, it is. Whatever. But just saying, I, little I don't awkward. even say I'm just saying, like, if you're going to add this, these other kind of religions, right, that don't get any play but are intrinsically American, right? Mm -hmm. There were people that were forced into this country that brought belief systems that are not the same, right? And that have power I mean, in that community. Catholicism is if not, you're not going, accepted. Right. Catholicism But if you're going to important. put that into your fucking movie, yeah. it cannot be just a flippant, we need a cloud fight. Yeah. Like, that has to be given more respect than it was in this movie. Yeah. It, like, I think that's the problem is what you can't do is say, no religion works just I, I guess you can but like you just it's no so, you can specifically say no religion works it's so ham-fisted that's the problem it's it's childish in its execution yeah. like you can say no one feels bad when the cowardly 
Who's not coward? Because he does come in to try to save the day. No, no, he's marred by red tape in the Catholic Church. <laughs> that makes perfect sense, right? No one is shocked when the Catholic Church is like, you know, we're not really about Exorcism. saving people. Yeah. Like, we just don't want to get sued, right? Like, everyone's perfectly fine with that. When they said they wouldn't It gives the, the priest exorcism. this nice yeah. moment where he's like, I'm going in to fight for soul. Leslie Odom Jr. does that great line where he bangs the window. He's like, fights in there. Mm-hmm. That guy comes in on his own volition. He is the ideal example of the religious man we want. And what do we do? We fucking rip his head off within five seconds. <laughs> and I was like, this movie cannot help but make terrible choices. Because what is that man said? Nothing. He just he he was bound by his religious order, which is his entire life. He goes against the church to do what's right, and we punish the fuck out of him for it. So the movie inherently is saying, you know who's right? That room full of fucking cardinals yeah, and I was going to say, you know who's right? And that's a fucking crazy thing to put on no, wax. That was that's the, a fucking wild thing to that say. That was the thing. I started laughing in the theater. <laughs> Because yeah. I was just like, when Ann Dowds is going to jail 100%, that's a wild fucking thing to put on wax. I started laughing hysterically in the theater because it was like, wait, this motherfucker got fucking glazed because he went against doctrine? Like, is that yeah. what, like, the best, I was like, holy shit, demons are like, whoa, 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 hold up, you do not have your paperwork filed, my friend. I was like, oh my <laughs> god. Yeah, they check and they're like, no hmm. permit. No yeah. permit. It's like that scene in Ghostbuster. Who gave you a permit? I'm working here. Dude, I'm telling you. Yeah, this is like, I'm like, oh, my it's God. Such, but th this is kind of a, a perennial problem in the script is like they just make choices. And it's as if no one read the script again. and was like, what do these choices mean? Yeah. Like, what do these choices actually mean? I think that I also I think I think pacing is a big problem in this movie, too. Like, this movie happens yeah. so quickly. And the original Exorcist was such a slow burn because we had to go through all these tribulations with Chris mm -hmm. McNeil trying to figure out what was going on with their daughter, which, again, that is the crux of the argument for me for a lot of this is the thing that works is stuff when you're, when you're a parent. Like, because I'm a parent and you feel this, like, helplessness to help your child, like, that is true fear. I understand that completely. Like, there's right. nothing about that that's not... Right. absolutely terrifying but that's what made the unknowable so great from the original exorcist because not only that friedkin didn't do any friedkin wasn't there was no pastiche to it like he was just filming someone experiencing these things it was so right it visceral. felt very true it was so this visceral. is this is the problem with legacy ip though is that when we go to see the exorcist believer it's like we've seen the exorcist yeah Right. And this one, in its own way, you can see where they're clinging to the skeletal remains of the exorcist. Of course. And they're like, they're trying to, like, through necromancy, re revive it with its own play. You see what they're trying to do. Right. There's a foreign country at the start. There's a single parent. There's a fucking hospital. So what they're doing is they're like, we'll do this and then cleverly invert it. Yeah, I get it. And it just never works. There's their version of the spirit board. Yeah, Fine. Whatever. Never really works. Just never I, works. I understand the I, I understand the, the attempts. The problem is though, yeah. Once we've seen The Exorcist, you can't just kind of give us it. You know, it's like the Gus Van Zant Psycho. It's like why? Who ever thought that was a thing? Well, yeah, you have to come up. And this is where I give David Gordon Green leeway. 
I think you absolutely have to come up with your own way to do it. Like, that's why Exorcist 3, everyone hated it at the time, but now is a cult classic. Mm-hmm. That's just a fucking detective movie. Yeah, you just have to do it with your the, own way. With the, the frosting of uh, an well, Exorcist movie. It's like and it's awesome. About, like, we've talked about this entire month with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like, everyone heard my rankings because I like the ones that they'll go off the rails. Like, yeah, they try something. When you try something, even if you fail... It's okay because it's something weird. Like you're just trying to not overdo the same thing you did the last time or somebody tried doing the last time. You're not trying to outdo the original. You're just trying to do your own thing. You're making your own path. I think that's the problem is whatever bones are in this movie of the original Exorcist are so brittle and are broken almost immediately that the new movie that comes out of it is so flabbergastingly nonsense that you're just like why am again i sat in the theater like why am i sitting here watching this well here's like the moment where like you're like oh no we're losing it is we have this pretty good tense drama right this father-daughter drama and you're like all right they're pulling this off pretty well the cast is great they're doing their thing Mm -hmm. he like she ends up in asylum like these are like serious moments right no they're very striking made sense when she when they start to go find Chris McNeil, mm-hmm. you can just cut that whole section yeah, out of the movie. I don't give a like, shit. Offers, well, like, this is the thing. They bring her in because she's had experience with this. Chris McNeil, after what happened with Regan, became this, like, spiritual guru, right, mm-hmm. on TV. In the process, losing her daughter because her daughter's like, hey, man, I want to be done with this. I don't want my whole life to be defined by that. Yeah. I already had to deal so with she the becomes locusts. this weird, like, true believer fanatic. And her contribution to the movie is, too, where she says, hey, I was in the first movie, and this is what I've learned, is that religion is horseshit, and it's about just believing whatever. She has, like, a really fucking terrible line, right? Like, patriarchy is, like, going to be one of the buzzwords of 2023. Yeah. When she says, I don't know why I wasn't allowed in the room, I guess the patriarchy... First off, they were in there fighting a demon. Yeah, you like, could have opened weren't the fucking the room because you're not a priest. You're not yeah, an exorcist. The last scene you were in, you watched your daughter cram a crucifix in herself and throw records and cabinets around. You weren't running into that room, yeah. first off. So, so let's not blame it. There's many things the patriarchy are 100% responsible for. This ain't it. Keeping you alive also, like, can't be one of them. In this maybe case. let's put some fucking uh, respect on our fucking spiritual first responders who both fucking died. Yeah. How about the guy both who threw himself out a window? Horrendously. Yeah. So that you could have a daughter that then you fucking neglected until she ran away forever. So maybe let's not blame the patriarchy. Right? Like, maybe. Come on. That was that come fucking on. 2022 Texas Chainsaw yeah. Massacre moment. I'm like, there it is. There's, yeah. there's, our, there's our do anything and you're canceled. I'm like. It's such a, a horrendous Again, line. And not only because it's argument. just a catchword. It's because it does it does not it does fucking not cut muster with the movie we watched. Again, it's it's one of those things where I'm like, this is you you just missed. I was like, that was a shot that you missed, and that's okay. But like, yeah. w- like why not bring up well, Father Karras when he came in? Like, talk about these characters who impacted us so greatly. Talk about this guy who took the demon to him into himself. Like there are things who came back in another sequel, like an important character. How about this? Why doesn't she address the fact that after what happened to her 
and the death of the priest, that's why the Catholic Church is going to be hesitating. Yeah. Why not tie these stories together like, in, a together in a way that matters? In a way that matters. But what they do is they're like, why doesn't she go back to a house, walk into a room by herself because the patriarchy was destroyed by Barbie, and get her fucking eyeball stabbed out? Yeah. How about she starts and then like, here's the thing. How about you fucking help her? I looked around the theater when she started like, you have no power here, like talking to the demon. I, was, I looked around the theater. I'm like, is anybody else watching this the way I am? Because this is nuts. Right. Well, it's also this microcosm of, hey, this is the exorcism scene we're about to do for the end of the movie. And you're like, this ain't good. No pass this ain't good she's just a lady who just is gonna like say stuff stern like she's just everyone on fox news and twitter and you know i have opinions i say firmly yeah. with no backing or training or knowledge like what the fuck what the fuck and yeah we just like hey welcome back ellen burston this character who we think matters to everyone eyeballs ripped out that's so she literally never gets to see her daughter again is what the movie tells us even at the end here's another thing why not? If you're going to bring Regan back, seems like a better character to kind of yeah. continue this Why fight. Why didn't she yeah. show up for the exorcism? How about, hey, you know what happened to me in that first movie? I have a pretty dicey relationship with God, but I believe in the toughness and inner strength of survivors and their family's love. That's a cool new modern take on this fucking movie. It was, there are just so many. How about instead of bringing Ellen Burstyn back, you brought Linda never Blair worked. back and said, and like, if you inverse that argument is like, my mother exploited what happened to me and I hated it. And then like, let's say Linda Blair gets blinded. And the last thing you see is Ellen Burstyn showing up to her bedside and being like, I love you. Like that would have been I'm so much sorry. more powerful. Well, here's the, here's the real crux of it. They've set up this, there are two fucking views of religion, right? The insane religious family. It's like, hey, welcome back from being in the traumatic woods where something so bad happened you have amnesia. Well, it wasn't rape, so get your ass to the pews like the next morning. Like, not even like, hey, we can skip it for one week and let her sleep. And then she goes apeshit in the church. All right, pretty effective scene, not bad. So this family's the one... That you're up against, right? Like blind fucking faith in nothing, right? Performative faith. When actually confronted with it, they're kind of crumbling and just leaving her upstairs by herself to go apeshit, right, right? right? Whereas Leslie Odom Jr. is like more in the mud, like fighting it, right? Another pretty effective scene, right? When his daughter gets up and the tub is black and she's, they're playing like the tag game almost again. Mm -hmm. All right, you've got this dichotomy, right? Man who God has fucking tortured for his entire life, it seems. Or at least God gave him so much to be happy for. Then it's like, ha ha, fuck you. And then this family of blind faith who's in their plantation mansion. The This is the battle line, right? And I actually thought it was kind of a clever moment when the demon says, so let's take this out. No religion's going to work. So what you need is him and Linda Blair's character saying, we have been tortured by God, essentially. Yeah. And though we are here, we have been tortured. And they have to find the power to stay in the fight that that versus and then you can have as many religious people on the other side trying to inundate them with dogma and that just washing over them yeah now you have an interesting modern version of the exorcist and that just it's so sloppily done that's not where we get so Anne dowd plays this you know nurse who's really rude about the trash cans but then cares because she had an abortion another, as a priest. Another coinky dink. The, nur the nurse. Yeah, and the, she's the like, nun turned nurse this is had my, a yeah. yeah. This is why the 
why God put me here so I could be a piece of shit to my neighbors until they have a trauma I can put into, you know, myself in the middle. <laughs> and cause this is the, like, here's another just prime example of like what, like, how is this in the movie? She goes in and she's like, all right, I've, I've sinned. I was a, a, ner- a you know, none, but then I had to back out because I got banged, whatever. I just wanted some dick and now I'm out. All right, fine. We all relate to that. I would do the same thing. Again, it makes no sense. Here's the point. So they go into the exorcism, and the the priest is just like, hey, read out of this book. You'll be fine. She's like, okay. I remember my training. The demon just goes, you're a whore with no baby. And she goes, I'm out. I can't. She called me It reminded me of that scene in Always Sunny in Philadelphia where Dennis is like, we're going to class up Frank's whore before they get married. And she just goes, shut up, baby dick. And he goes, I can't work with this woman. She's human trash. Like, how do you go into an exorcism, yeah. all of them, and not on any level expect the demon to, checks notes, say the most obvious rude thing to you? Like, well, and out literally stops and it's just like, well, it's like, when they, what are you doing? When it finally gets revealed that, like, Leslie Odom Jr.'s character chose his wife over the baby, that whole thing, I was like, yeah, we knew. C- come on. Like, I, God. So first off. I think a lot of people would do that. Yeah, like, come on. It's weird, because in our Orphan First Kill episode, we talked about that moment where they're hanging on the gutter. And it's like, you have to save your daughter, air quotes, who you thought you just got back from being abducted for five years, or your wife. At that point, you're like, I'm saving the kid and hoping that my wife, through her physical grown woman strength, can, like, parkour her way into just being maimed, but not dead. (laughs) I'm saving the kid. Yeah. Like right now, today, my kids are eight and five. We're saving each other. Yeah. We were doing good son logic in Orphan First Kill. You know, like it's just one of yeah. those things where you're like. At this rate, sacrifice the parent for the kid is great. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, an unborn kid who just had a fucking hotel dropped on him. That's a bad bet. It's just... Here, here's the other thing. We're, we're dancing around this kind of hot topic issue. People are fucking. One of the critics online who I won't name. I'm, I think he's taking a lot of heat for this. But he said that this movie is shockingly to him anti-abortion. And a lot of people were like, no, it's not. uh," And I was like, it's at least talking about abortions constantly in like pretty simplistic ways. I don't know if it's anti-abortion. Like, I guess the only, it's anti-abortion. Well, it does the weird. She gets an abortion, so she's not strong enough to be an exorcist, right? And then because he chose abortion over his daughter that now he can't save her for a moment i was like this is a weird to me it's like i don't know that it would have mattered to me had i not read about that before i went in but i was like to me the movie is anti-abortion the way the catholic church is anti-abortion it's like one of those things where you're like i mean that's your opinion like i i I don't really like to me it's such a (laughs) the movie is constantly aborting any logic or me caring so i was like this movie is the most abortions i've ever seen Yeah, i was like this movie is movie's (laughs) aborting a lot so (laughs) i don't really here we go now we're gonna start taking i was like yeah whatever they're doing dude they are fucking slinging corpses around i'm like you know not actually of characters or anyone where there's stakes in the movie yeah i agree with you though like if we're gonna abort logic surely we can just move right past any sort of abortion i did it i did not take this movie as like a anti-abortion thing that's a little bit of a stretch if i'm being honest i took it at and it it's weird that his daughter who's now like a teenager like doesn't understand the logic of what he did and she's like you wanted to abort me it's like come on 
it's come not on. Even, it's not even the logic of it. It's just like, for one, you know they're gonna bring it up. Like even after the after the prologue of this movie, I'm like, I know exactly what's going to happen. I had n- read nothing about this movie before we went in. I sat down and is immediately yes. after that happened. I'm like, that's gonna come back up because they won't tell well, us right. who he chose. I'm like, obviously it's such he chose a his wife. Stupid opening of the movie that you know. It ha- Here, here's the other thing. The movie completely dodges this kind of crucial moment. They seem to have a very good, almost annoying relationship. Like a father-daughter still playing tag and hide-and-seek like at that age. protective and I get right. it. Right. It's very like Full House sitcom right? They are a bonded unit. This is not a fractured family scenario. Mm-hmm. So the fact that that girl's like, the demon showed me he chose his wife. The literal love of his life as he looked into her eyes versus this possibility of whatever the fuck was going to happen. And that negates the years of great fathering he's done for me. The pancakes and the la it's it's so fucking stupid it's beyond comprehension. Neither here nor there. Neither here nor there. I actually think the movie made an interesting choice. I think that we are bonded. You will choose which of us gets out of here. Yeah. That's a really cool, because then you're facing religion versus humanism. I agree. Love that. That works pretty well. We all know exactly how it's going to go. We know whoever chooses, the other one's going to die. Like, that's just the most obvious reveal. I will give them a little credit. I think it still worked for me. That moment, because the two parents have this where they're like, we're not doing it. We're not doing it. Okay. He's pulling the the humanistic card, right? Remember your mother. She loved you. We got this blessing, which should still protect you, even though it definitely murdered your mom. Right? All is cool. Nothing is fucked, dude. Fuck, dude. I thought this moment kind of worked. Again, the religious people get kind of pushed to the side. And it's just this moment with parents and kids. I thought that worked. When the dad snaps and he says, I choose you. I actually thought that was a good moment. Because I think 90 plus percent of us in weakness would say that. Yeah, of course. I, I Again, I think it's most very, of us would choose our kid. It's a very human logic moment in a movie filled with illogic illogics. Right. And then I have to say they did another good thing. They had that weird watery tunnel that, that was cool. just kind of exists. I like that. When she gets consumed and it's like we choose you and we get this kind of shadowy image of demon and hells and saggy titted whatever. Yeah. That part was really cool. I was like, where the fuck was that for the rest of yeah, the movie? Yeah, I was like, could why, why didn't we see any of that? Come I was on. doing Ian Malcolm where I was tapping the camera. I was like, hey, you are planning on having awesome demon imagery in your fucking boring-ass demon movie, right? Or they can just lull their heads to the side and go, blah, 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 blah. Like, it's, it's the constant problem of The Exorcist, and I wonder how this moves forward. The, the more you go towards the humanism of the movie, Right. Father, daughters, mothers, daughters, neighbors, community. I think the movie actually does fine. Okay. That moment where the detective is trying to calm down parents who are irate that their kids are lost. Right. Dad going to a shelter, trying to find his daughter. Right. Like facing again. It's just like, yeah, homeless people are crazy and do rape jokes to dads. Of course. Yeah. Neither here nor there. Another weird thing. Um. Those moments of Leslie Odom Jr. just crushing it. Even him and Chris McNeil just talking about it, He's like, I don't care what you believe. How do I save my daughter? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. 
The performance is great. The kids are great. When you are on the humanistic spectrum, it works. The problem is, and I worry that the bad omen for the franchise moving forward, is that everything in this movie, mostly with demons or a religious figure, is fucking dog shit. Yeah. It's hot, steamy dog shit. And so how do you continue a trilogy that can't commit to the new version of modern humanism versus old world religion? So the- well, so the and next make one this work. So the next one's supposed to be called Deceiver. I mean, I'm, I doubt that's. It's gonna for happen. sure going to be the trial of Ann Dowd. Yeah, you would imagine. Like, Although it feels like now they might just go back and rescript all of it and just break. I mean, I wouldn't just a total hard reboot. I'll be honest. I wouldn't mind like a little exorcism of Emily Rose injected into the exorcist movies. I think that's fine. Well, that movie is exceptional because, again, it's a courtroom procedural. Yeah, I'm OK. If where we do the demon the shit we see. Yeah. The, the trick of that movie is everything we see is retold by religious fanatics. Right. So when they're telling it and we're watching this heightened religious shit, but what I'm saying, we know that they believe it's fine. But what I'm saying is, like, if we're not going to see hardcore shit like we obviously aren't in these movies, yeah. fine, put me in the courtroom. I don't the, give a shit. The absolute fucking kitten-style exorcism and possession scenes in this are so insane. Just give me... Like, the last one was in... The first one was in the 70s, and it's... 20 times harder than this. Yeah. They put no effort into doing like cool shit with their deal. Neither here nor there. It, the problem is it, it, it's the thing I asked everyone we went to the theater with, right? We were all trying to be like, well, I like this and this. We were trying to find positive spin. And I just, to a man, looked all of them in the face and I said, when you left this theater tonight, were you even kind of interested in seeing a part two of this movie? All of us were like, no, there was nothing in that film that left me wanting more. And and out at the end doing the, maybe this is what God wants for us, is to watch our children tortured, to watch my daughter's friend die as I hold her, and then I'm supposed to go to church next Sunday and say, thanks, God. Or wait, not church. I should just believe in myself. Like Steak and Shake, right? Yeah. (laughs) I hate workarounds, right? But now we're all workaround employees where we're our own exorcists, but we suck at it. Like, we didn't actually beat the devil. The devil just beat us. That could have been an interesting beat. It, Maybe. It's just, it, it just defies a lot of, it defies, like, logic is logic. Movies don't follow logic. Like, we watch movies all the time that have no logic. But they have to follow their own logic. they have to follow their own, to follow their own logic. logic. Yes. And in this regard, like, you can't set forth a movie that is a legacy sequel to a movie that's already established the parameters. Like, the, the you will never see a a top greatest horror movies list of all time that doesn't have The Exorcist near yeah, the top. Like The Exorcist, and if you are going to fucking do this movie, you cannot come in as half cocked as this movie did. No, agreed. And that's the thing. I think David Gordon Green was on the right path when they said, "You know what we're gonna do? Let's strip the religion out of it and make it a new world versus the old world." I do truly believe that could have worked. Sure. But, like, they're just, again, if that's what you do, you got to commit to the bit. That's it. Right. When you take out the skeletal belief system of exorcism with which to build your house around, you have to replace it with an equally well-thought-out frame for your house. Yes. You have to. You can't just say, oh, well, I'll take a tent from this religion and this from that religion. 
Throw in some weird abortion shit. Throw in some like replica scenes of the first. Like bring back Ellen Burstyn for five what? minutes and oh yeah, yeah, Linda Blair too at the very end. The end. Yeah, in ways that are completely unsatisfying to anyone. Because again, there's a version of this movie where it's Regan and Leslie Odom's junior character facing down a an air quote demon. All of these religions that are fighting over who's the one that can save her, and just trying to find her in the depths of hell through the power of their love for her. I like as a pitch, I'm like, yeah, dude, yeah, I could that see that movie totally. being good. I would argue that when you watch this movie can you name me three scenes that you're like are just good scenes no i would argue there's no great scene in this movie name me three scenes that are just good that don't happen in the first 20 minutes right like anything that's not leslie odom jr and his daughter interacting i think the in scene where movie, leslie odom jr doesn't beat the shit out of his neighbor for breaking into his house is certainly a missed that, opportunity straight, yeah I can maybe believe in the idea of an old fucking Chad Kroger looking God somewhere, but we're fighting in that moment. What a missed, <laughs> what a, that, what a missed that, opportunity. I would have just like, all he did was say, get the fuck out. And I'm like, dude, kick that yeah. fucker's ass. I feel bad. I don't, we don't do these pods often, but it is the nature of doing entire franchises. If we were not people who had done all of the exorcist movies and were just committed to that, we just wouldn't have done a pot on this. Yeah. No, it's I just, and this is the problem. It. It's just not even good enough to have an interesting debate about. No. So what you do is it, it literally is that game of Thrones, like shame. Like we're just walking it down the street and Molly whopping it. Yeah. Because they did not put in enough thought to at least set the stage for an interesting debate. Yeah. And I will say this. For people that are going to be mad at us and like, you didn't get it, well, my favorite subgenre is horror is possession and exorcism. I've seen them all, guys. I've seen them all. And I assure you, this is as bad as it's ever been. It's a profoundly missed. It's a profound miss in a series that really can't handle another miss, to be honest with you. It blows my mind that this is the first of a trilogy. Like, even as a screenwriting exercise, listeners, sit there with a notepad. Look at what was given to you in this movie. Try to extrapolate our, out what the three-movie arc of this is supposed to be. What are you supposed to take from this movie that you think would be interesting to explore again in another movie? And it's I think this is the hardest part. This is not a question of, taste right like i don't know if that scare style was proper i don't know about i don't know about it there is no fucking firm footing that is developed in this film period i cannot look at one decision made that was not an exact replication of that first movie and say that it was done well that's what kills me it's just that's what kills me it's just bad that's it like it's a bad movie if you're making a porridge out of your trilogy, what ingredient was added to the pot in this movie? You have the leftover remnants of the last soup that you didn't wash out properly, and that ain't good either. Analogy That aside, ain't good. I don't know. I agree. I hope that there's an audience out there that did enjoy it. Me too. I, don't I hope want people that, to go to the theater and hate their time there. Yeah. I want everyone to like every movie. I just could not get to a point 
where in any kind of logical way I could make a defense of this movie. Like, I literally don't even see the beginning building block of what they thought audiences were going to get out of this movie. Unless it's going to be, like, Exorcist Retriever, and they go down and get the little girl from hell. And I'm like, that is spot. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, like, Air Bud is the exorcist. In the well, there you go. That's the third one. <laughs> They're going to have to exercise no. a doggy. Again, there are moments that are fine. I don't, I don't get it, man. I don't get it. I don't either. It's a movie I don't even know if I'll be able to bring myself to watch again to see if I miss something. Um, this is a painful one. And I hate doing these shows where we just shit on a movie. But The Exorcist is a movie that demands us to come back, says that it had reasons for us to come back. It brought this on itself. Agreed. It brought this on itself. Um, I Again, I do hope you like it. I hope that enough people like it that we get another swing at it. I'm not here to say, I will say this. After Texas Chainsaw, we asked the question, should we just fucking stop putting gas in the chainsaw? Like, is it just time for those movies to be dead? My answer was no. I still think there's a visceral power in Leatherface and that we could still have fun rides with him. I think that legacy... This one, this one almost broke my faith that we could do another possession movie that would be really good. But then... The Pope's Exorcist was kind of fun. I think other than the Evil Dead Evil Dead sequels, I don't really see the point in doing legacy horror sequels anymore. Like nobody seems to understand the like magic that gave those movies their juice. Well, it's it's the Marvel Cinematic Universe issue. The more that you're clinging on to the old, you cannot grow the new and odd. Like had Ash popped up in Evil Dead Rise, I think that would have hurt that movie. I think it would have too, but see, right? that's what the knowledge. And no- it's not a perfect film, but it has. But that's the knowledge of knowing not to do that. Like, it's like there's, there's the, there's a system to it. And I think that like the legacy sequel is kind of like, there's an argument to be made that Ellen Burstyn showing up in the movie kind of derails it a little bit. It does. There, there's no argument. It specifically adds no value to it. So, like, to me, it's one of those things where, like, I would say... Because Chris McNeil is not the same as Laurie Strode. No. Right? And I think that's the problem, like, too, is not. we're trying to find the Laurie Strode in all of these, and just like, that's not how this is going to work. Well, especially The Exorcist, where it was just kind of a random strike of evil. Yeah. It was this random infestation of evil. Neither here nor there. We saw it in Texas Chainsaw 2, the Netflix one, bringing Sally back. For no fucking reason. If you're going to do these Other legacy sequels, put them in the background as like a news story. Put them on, on on a yearbook or something. We do not need them back ever. It almost never fucking works. Ever. Agreed. I don't know. If you're going to modernize it, have the fucking balls to call out the problem with the story, which is organized religion in a better way than just the Catholic Church. Please. Either here or there. That's right. I feel like we could do this talk for hours. We could. But. We have to stop it. Again, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you enjoyed Exorcist Believer. I hope that we will get another Exorcist movie and it'll fucking knock us on our ass. I do truly, I do keep the faith that they'll find their way. I do. I even like Dominion and whatever. Like I've liked most of the Exorcist movies even when they're not good. So I have faith that we can do this journey again and it'll work. So... Keep the faith, guys. Stay with us. 
You know the deal. 31 days, 31 pods. Tomorrow we're back with another horror movie extravaganza. Uh, It's going to be an awesome week. Our guest hosts are all lined up and ready to go. So be with us. Be on the socials so you can see the calendar, so you can stay ahead of what we're watching. If you want all of the episodes this month, and you know that you do, we liked every other movie this month. You know that you do. Well, some of the text chains off. You know that you do. Go to patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod. Support the show. Get the other three episodes. Get access to our Tales from the Crypt miniseries. All the good stuff we're doing over there. Guys, help us out by subscribing to the YouTube Film Alchemist. Email us, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. Make sure you're letting your friends know what we're doing over here. Bring them into the tent with us. We appreciate you. Uh, That's it for us. We'll see you tomorrow.